Hello and welcome to Blooming Abroad, a podcast where we look deeper into the lives of Cullen, that's me, and Sarah, that's me, two ordinary Jesus followers trying to make a difference in Central and Eastern Europe. And welcome to episode two. Yeah, we're back. Yes, we are. So we got so much uh, good feedback. Yeah. So many people reached out, messaged us for how many, how many listens, how many people. I don't know what what's the ranking in Hungary. Oh, we were number two in the um, Hungarian uh, Christian podcast uh, world <laughs> category. Yeah. Yeah. How how on earth uh, we got to that ranking, we don't know. Well, I think it's probably because there's probably not a lot of English-speaking Christian podcasts in Hungary, but you never know. It could be because we're, like, awesome. Yeah, maybe we just shot right up the charts. Yeah, um, for sure. Guys, before we go any further, I uh, don't want to uh, over overdo it here, but obviously back home in East Lansing, it was... Uh, tough couple of days and still is for you guys so um we don't want to talk about it or devote a ton of time because i assume you probably need a little bit of an escape as most of our listeners are back home and somewhere from the mid-michigan area but this is a christian podcast we're both missionaries Um, that's one way you could look at our work here whatever label we fit but uh i just wanted to take a second and pray so we'll start that way And then we'll jump into our podcast. So, uh, God, we often don't know exactly what to say or even how to pray when um, things like this happen. But we just think it's best to take a moment to slow down, come before you, and try to lift up our friends and family back in East Lansing. Um, Just a tough situation. Lots of questions. Lots of pain, um, but we hope and we pray, God, that on the other side you can do something amazing, something beautiful. Um, we pray for the families and we pray for all the students. Um, spent many, many a nights, many a days in Berkey Hall and the MSU Union. Um, God, the church that we helped plant um, has an office right across the street. God, we're not sure what comes next, but we know that you can do incredible things with really, really hard circumstances. So that's what we believe that you will do, and we trust you for that. And um, and we love you um, more today than we did yesterday. So thank you, God, for being in control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here we go, episode two, um, 45 minutes. Let's jump in. Um Sarah, you wanna you up for for blooming around? Yeah, definitely. So my idea for this uh, section was inspired by one of my friends' podcasts called "P.S. You're Wrong," where they do a a section of love it or hate it, and something they do a weekly podcast, so something throughout the week that they loved or they hated. Um, clearly. So what I decided, because I don't really want to talk about something that we hate in in this section, so I'm going to call, we are going to call this section, like it or love it. 
Uh, and that can be anything from a place we traveled to, a podcast we're listening to, books, TV shows, um, a quote, whatever it is, uh, something that we really liked or really loved uh, since our last episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to go first, babe? I would love to go for it. I would love, I would love it if I could go first. Oh, not just like it. You'd love it? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I'll go first. <laughs> um, let's see. So I really like this prompt. I like this idea. Uh, there's lots of choices here. I could go a million different directions. I'm going to go two. I have two to share. That seemed like that was the theme from the first episode. You asked me to share one thing. I share two things. I can't decide between the two, and so you went with both. <laughs> Just breaking the rules. So the two things I want to share. Well, actually, I'm playing by the rules because I have one like it. My like it is um, watching the Super Bowl in mm. a different country. On Monday, I watched the Super Bowl with a friend at his apartment in Budapest. And the it was a recorded, so I had to be really careful that I didn't know. Like, I couldn't go on social media or anything. And that's really hard, by the way, to not find out the Super Bowl score the day after. Oh, that was brutal. Even just on your home screen, on your Apple phone, like, they, mm -hmm. they give you... Just even with the pictures that they choose to make the main image for some post can give you a uh, lot of information. It's true. Anyway, so I liked watching the Super Bowl with a friend in Hungary. Um, it was all Hungarian audio. It was from a Hungarian sports channel. Uh, but it was pretty cool uh, to see... Uh, he's a really big NFL fan, but still he had so many questions. It's interesting to see how complex the game of football really is. Yeah. Uh, and how many rules and, you know, you guys get it. But we don't think about that in the U.S. because we grow up with it. So, but that was a really cool experience. Um, also. What was your favorite part about that? You know. Is there one moment or. I did. I did out. have. So I've watched a lot of Super Bowls and I don't know about you guys, but the national anthem yeah. for this Super Bowl, the musician Chris Stapleton is, I mean, he's he's amazing. But both of the performers, um, mm -hmm. they had multiple songs throughout the opening kind of ceremony and they were all incredible and very touching. And maybe that's just because I'm living over here, but while the national anthem was being played, the Eagles coach was just crying hard. There was players on both sides of the field. It seemed like a, I don't know, a very special and beautiful moment. And then for me, the reason that was my favorite moment was because I was kind of glancing over to my left and noticing my friend Ben was like very moved. And I just put myself in his shoes for a second, like what it's, what it would be like to watch that moment from a person who's not an american and so i don't know i won't go all out on that but it's just obviously we've had a lot of back and forth and lots of different expressions conversations around the national anthem over the past years and for some reason watching the super bowl and seeing the national anthem this year from a different country was a special moment for me so uh here's my love it uh, there is a show on PBS Masterpiece. You can watch it through Amazon. It is in its third season, almost to the end of its third season. 
It's called All Creatures Great and Small. And it's literally the most delightful um, show I've, I've ever come across. I actually watch it. I have it now. Copper and I watch it together. It's a show about, it takes place in the beautiful setting of the uh, British Dales. And it's just, there's only maybe four main characters, but they're, it's a veterinary clinic. And it's based on these novels from the, the 50s, I think. And it's very simple. It's not a complicated plot, but it's totally delightful. It's such a beautiful scenery, the music, everything just works. So I kind of escape from life for 45, 50 minutes every week when a new episode comes out, and I love it. So if you have Amazon Prime, I'm pretty sure you can watch it for free. I don't know. Check on that. It's PBS Masterpiece, but check it out. Uh, Emily Moore, I know how you like your World War II stuff. So <laughs> the first it couple seasons. It place around that time. Yeah, the third season has, has that going on. So check it out. Uh, and everybody else, you should all watch it. So that's my like it and my love it. How about, how about you, for you, Sarah? Well, I have a couple things that I uh, really love or really like, I guess. Um, some of them I probably uh, shouldn't publicly say to the world. <laughs> so not like they're horrible, but just ones that maybe I wouldn't recommend. Like I'm a true crime junkie. So there's just podcast. Well, I love just my podcast, Red Handed. It is the best, in my opinion, of all the true crime podcasts. Um they're two British girls who do extensive research on interesting cases throughout history. It's not always about murder, but it's just about um, interesting people and who maybe did nefarious things. And so, and they do a really good job. They don't kind of mess around and talk about all their personal lives. They just kind of go right into it and just give you well-researched, well-scripted um, and funny to some extent uh, podcast to listen to about history and crimes. Yes, there are murders involved, but um, for me, I just really like going into the psychology of, I guess, uh, people who would be willing to commit and do bad things. Mm -hmm. So that's the podcast that I enjoy. I look forward to a new episode every week, but the thing that I've really been loving over the past couple of weeks, uh, maybe I mentioned this in the previous episode, but I'm a I love games. I I just all games, <laughs> whether it be card games, board games, video games. Um, I also love puzzles. I love figuring things out. Somebody puts a problem in front of me, and there is a solution. And as long as I know there's a solution, I just love trying to find it. Mm -hmm. um, and I just bought like two weeks ago, I bought this game Zelda Breath of the Wild. I had heard about it. It's kind of an old game. I think it came out in like 2016 or something. But um, for me, I am just discovering it. And it is one of the most beautiful games I've seen in terms of visuals. So it was already this, it was attractive in that way. But it's a perfect uh, game for me because I like having a goal. I like having a storyline of like what to follow and where to go next. But that is not the main point. You can do that and probably beat it within a couple hours. Mm -hmm. um, but I just beat the boss a couple, the big boss a couple days ago. And I looked at my completion like percentage and I was 22% complete with the game. 
it's this huge world that you can explore. They've got all the terrains of snow and desert, and you have to change into different clothes depending on your climate, or you get too cold or too hot, and you have to find these hidden puzzles and hidden areas where you have to figure out, you have to complete a puzzle to be able to get a reward. Then you can spend those rewards on increasing things, and you talk to people, and they ask you to do certain quests, and you can do the, you can play this game for, it seems like forever, and never finish it, uh, which is usually that part is not my uh, specialty. Usually I like to have kind of a, I, I'm a completist. I really like to do that 100%. Um, but I can play the game at my leisure and just kind of relax and explore the beautiful terrain and meet interesting people and do interesting tasks. And uh, it's really amazing for me. And it kind of scratches my, get all of the itches that I really enjoy. <laughs> Um, and I also, it, it's very calming. It is not a stressful game for me because I can wander and do whatever I want mm -hmm. and go wherever I want. There's not, there's a, a piece to it. There's beautiful music, beautiful graphics and animation. And um, it's, it's like simple, but incredibly complex. It's a mm -hmm. really beautiful game. So I'd highly recommend it. If anybody listening is a gamer uh, that's what I'd recommend. Uh, the animation is really oh, unique. Oh, it's really unique. It's like halfway between like a cartoon animation and a super realistic 3D animation. It has this yeah. color and look to it that's really unique. I bet you David has. Like, oh, I can guarantee terms. David has probably, He's probably played this game. He's probably right now in our, our <laughs> in vocabulary. Our, in our description of the yeah. animation. Yeah, sorry, David, if you're listening. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So and that's... for those of you who don't know David, it's fine. We'll just we'll just put people's names out there. Oh, Emily. Oh, David. Yeah. Oh, David Holly to be specific. Allison. He is an artist, um, who an animator and an artist, Very and talented. so and he's super talented. So he always kind of look knows him up on up. Instagram. There's a plug for you, David. Yeah. Look him up on Instagram. Yeah, he does incredible work. Yeah. All right. Well, that is that's that's a wrap for blooming around. Well, that was a heck of a lot of fun just blooming oh, around yeah. together. I love it. Um, any ideas for future uh, blooming around segments? Please send them over. We're all ears. Yeah. Uh, I just like that. That's a cool, cool way for me even to explore the things that I I like. I have some more like it's and love it. Yeah, we can totally do this again. We can do a two point oh. Yeah. So. Um, we're doing perfect on time, people. This is the second episode, and I see it's just crossing the 15-minute threshold. If you need to hit pause to, I don't know, vacuum your floor or, mm, I don't know what you're doing right now, but <laughs> thanks for listening with us right now. Thanks for hanging out with us. So let's, uh, let's go into our next segment. So our second 15-minute block is, dun, 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 dun. get your hot cocoa. Get your coffee, get your tea, and your croissant. Gather around the fire because it's story time with Sarah. Yes, this is my second story time. And uh, I decided to talk about uh, kind of the ins and outs of our nonprofit and kind of starting a nonprofit in general. Um, this and kind of how we came about doing it. So when we decided to come to Hungary, uh, we had a couple options in front of us. Uh, the most common option. This is also like, sorry, just to add one thing before you take the mic for the next 15. 
if you guys are thinking about what it's like to start a nonprofit, Sarah's about to just school you up. Because a lot of times people say, what the heck, you guys, you're so cool. You started a nonprofit? And so Sarah's going to peel back the layers here on this. So get your notepads ready too. Anyways. Yeah, so how we how we decided to go about doing this um there usually when people go as missionaries to a different country the most common way that people do it is by going through a sending organization so like um through a church who sends and kind of does all of the support or an organization in the states that like trains you uh, has you raise support um certain, you know, they give you the budget, they help you find housing, they kind of do a lot of work for you. It's amazing. It gives you a support system, a prayer system, people to report to, etc. But for us, um, we kind of didn't, uh, we knew where we were called to and who we were called to, to Sergei's and Ildico. And um, it didn't seem to us that a mission organization, you know, if we came to a mission organization and said, hey, we're going to this city, this village, and we're serving these people, um, can you send us? Uh, it's not really the way that most of them work. And so with um, our very specific calling that we had, uh, we decided to um, start our own nonprofit. So we have, of course, we have oversight when it comes to a board and the IRS and all of the business people, but we also had a lot more freedom in our job description. Mm -hmm. So that comes with, you know, benefits and disadvantages, uh, being can able you, to... Can you say a little bit more about calling for people who might be listening that don't know what that, that word or what that's... In your own words, can you just explain for us what that means when we say calling? Well, for me and Cullen, it has always been... Um, we we haven't in our lives um, felt called to a certain, I guess, mission. We have always felt called to people, mm -hmm. to serve people. Um, both of our focuses individually and as a married couple have been to serve leaders. Um, doesn't mean that we're not leaders because we can lead under leaders, but to kind of hold up the arms of leaders who are already doing what we uh, want to do or want to fulfill or want to be a part of. And so um, that, as, you know, as people are doing, uh, fulfilling their mission, um, sometimes that can change throughout time and throughout kind of realizing, oh, this isn't working, we're going to shift here, you know, that that changes uh, over time. And so we, because of our calling to people, mm -hmm we it feels much more like um our mission doesn't change as much uh because if those people the leaders that we are serving change their focus we're serving them we're not serving the mission so mm -hmm. it helps us so like when that changes our world kind of doesn't totally shift and change it, it kind of doesn't the mission matters but it doesn't matter as much mm -hmm. the people um who are the leaders uh matter still yeah. um so and that's that, that directly has an effect like you were saying with the nonprofit, because that really changed how we how we started that 
that non our nonprofit, right? What do you mean by that? Um, well, like it would have been much more straightforward in a way if we knew like, oh, we want to go to this part of the world to do this thing. Okay, well, what what church has you or what, you know, uh, organization has you set up with kind of uh, uh, when we say we want to go and just serve gays on Ildico for three years, we had to we had to go out on our own, basically because there was such a fluid there were so many moving parts to what we could do mm -hmm. here but knowing very clearly that we're going to serve these people whatever that looks like we mm -hmm. really could only just go our own way to start a nonprofit to be able to have the flexibility i, I guess mm -hmm. yeah so that like you said that's kind of the reason that we decided to do a nonprofit because the organizations uh usually have kind of already established roles and already established places. Um, and as far as we knew, uh, none of them had established places in the in where we wanted to go and who we wanted to serve. Mm -hmm. So uh, we started our own nonprofit, um, not on a whim, but it was, it was a decision where we were kind of like, okay, let's do it. And the next day we started kind of pursuing it. Um, we used an organization called Start Church. That was a recommendation from Scott and Erica. Uh, they help weirdly enough, they help start churches, mm -hmm. uh, which in America, that does mean nonprofits, but they also work with Christian organizations. It's not just churches. Mm -hmm. And they essentially do all of the paperwork for you. You pay them, they, they give you all your articles, all of your applications. Of course, they need information from you. They do an interview with you and get all the information, and then they do all the work for you up front. It's pretty amazing. Uh, so once they set steps in motion, it's mostly just a waiting game. Um, we unfortunately had to wait almost 11 months uh, because we were doing this in the beginning of 2021. We had to wait 11 months for our papers to come through and six months into our stay here, we got our papers mm -hmm. saying that we are a nonprofit. Thankfully, they backdate it to when you apply. So it, it applied back about a year before, but um, that was kind of a little nervous waiting it's game. For, yeah. yeah, yeah, because when people give, of course, we want to be a nonprofit and be able to help people mm -hmm. right off on their taxes. But and we have to just say, hey, it will be backdated, but it's we not promise. right now. We're not a nonprofit, but and we promise COVID we will too. be. Yeah, they're having a hard time with yeah. processing stuff. Yep. So that was part of the reason for delay. But we ended up getting our paperwork and and did, to be honest, in that first uh, period, very, very little work. We put up the money to do very little work. It was super helpful. Mm -hmm. But the work that we did have to do because we're a nonprofit, um, well, missionaries in general have to do this, not just people who work for nonprofit, but we are employees of our nonprofit blooming abroad and that means that we have to have money coming in and so that equals fundraising um fundraising is an interesting part of missionary life um, most missionaries live through fundraising the majority if not all and uh, i'm sure anybody who has even done short-term mission trips of fundraising for a week or two long mission trip uh it is not easy um, there is a lot of awkwardness, social interactions, um, and hard asks for friends, family, and organizations that uh, really just put kind of this extra level of pressure when you're meeting with somebody. Now, of course, if you're just meeting with your friends or your family, it's, it's less that way because people love you no matter what. If you flub or if you just don't know how to 
ask for money. Um, people are very forgiving. Yeah. Uh, and we have not had negative experiences of people being unforgiving or anything like that. But there is, um, once somebody decides to support you, which is obviously the most amazing thing ever, and uh, it means that they trust us, it means that they love us, it means that they believe in our cause. And it's incredibly encouraging to see Every day, the monthly supporters pop up on our on our app that we use. Of they gave their monthly support today, and it's it's incredible. And, and some some give thousands. Oh, and some some give some give like a couple dollars like from their chore money. Single digits. Yeah. yeah. And it does it does not matter how much. Of course, like yeah. it's always a blessing when you see the big number coming in. But it's really just the names of yeah. like the constant people that are supporting us. That's amazing. Yeah. But to be totally honest, there is an extra pressure or an extra level of responsibility that comes with people giving us their money Absolutely. and expectations. Uh, that's normal. That's not uh, novel when it comes to people giving other people money. Um, but also when we come home, which we've come home a few times since we moved here, it is, uh, it's this small, tiny little extra element of we're going to be hanging out with some of our best friends who are also our supporters. Um, so it's a, oh, we're checking both boxes. And that's not to be, you know, mean to any of our supporters who are our friends, but that there is an element to that of um, sometimes the topic of money has to come up when you're just hanging out with some of your good friends. And mm -hmm. um, it can be awkward. Most of the time it's not, but it can be. Mm -hmm. um, and so... We had to fundraise pretty hard uh, before leaving and during. Um, and so that has been a, a whole nother level to this a kind of missionary and nonprofit aspect of our support here. Um, and we cannot stay here if we don't get money. Right. There, There's no way around it. Um, and so we are not being paid by any, we're not being paid by any Hungarian company or business. Um, we are only surviving off of the money that people give us. And that was a big decision for us to make sure that the way that we even filed for our visas yes, and the way that we structure everything is that we want to build up an already extremely poor area. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to come here and try to find employment that would take money out of the yeah. community. Yeah. So the point yeah. is to bring resources. Exactly. Exactly. And the other element of this is um, bookkeeping. That's the major element of like now that we have started the business, which we paid somebody else to do for the most part. Now the maintenance is board meetings um, and bookkeeping. And I am the bookkeeper of our um, Blooming Abroad. Thank you, Sarah. Nonprofit. You're welcome. I would make the world's worst. <laughs> I can just see the and I make a pretty good one knocking on my door now. Yeah, uh, mostly because I am terrified of the IRS knocking on my door. It, it genuinely fear-based. Fear I'm a fear-based motivational, but I'm an organized person and I'm very good at Excel spreadsheets, yes, so that are. helps. Um, and I'm good with numbers, so all of that plays a factor. But I have a constant like pressure of. Mm -hmm. Am I filing my taxes right? Did I file the right forms? Um, am I explaining this well? Is this a business expense or is this not? Uh, do I need to reimburse this? Um, is this justifiable under our bylaws? All of these thoughts go through my mind, I would say on a daily basis, mm -hmm. pretty much. I think about these things and I just have this fear that when we move back to the States, it'll 
um, we'll owe like thousands in taxes and we're just going to, or we're going to get sued. I don't know if that's what the IRS does, but whatever they do, that's what's going to happen. Um, and so that, I'm going to take copper. Yeah. So it, it requires a lot of, yeah, that, that he's, he's our collateral, I guess. Um, it's like the most expensive possession that we own. Seriously. Yeah. So it's, it's been an interesting, um, journey of, Finding our job descriptions, which is a lot harder than it sounds, um, being our own bosses, which is also yeah. amazing, but difficult. Yeah. It's it's positives and negatives and um, keeping uh, not breaking the law and trying to keep it as best we can with the very little experience yeah. that we have had. And each year it gets better. So now we're technically into our third year of running this business um, and it does continue to improve, but mm -hmm. uh it is, it's more work, not so much just time commitment, but um, mental space and like emotional space that it takes up for me with keeping everything on the up and up and making sure that we're doing everything correctly and well. There's a lot of small rules to follow, um, mm -hmm. lots of laws that if you don't follow them, you could get into big trouble. Um, and then of course the pressure of fundraising, all of those things, uh, just a lot of small things add up into very, very big amount of pressure for me specifically, who mm -hmm. is kind of doing all the books. So Sarah, for somebody out there who's maybe trying to do what we're, what we've been doing, or maybe you're trying to start a nonprofit of some sort in the States to do something, there's mm -hmm. tons of different options. Um, Sarah, what's one thing that you would say to them that if you could go back to we'll say february of what 2020 mm -hmm. when we first started with start mm -hmm. church or february 2021 yeah 21 mm -hmm. covid dates get all blurry i know i'm i'm a little yeah uh so yeah. what's one thing that you would do differently oh, and, do differently. And, and what's one thing that you would totally do it the same way all over again um definitely paying somebody to do the paperwork was worth it um i would do that all over again in a heartbeat that there is a lot, a lot, a lot of upfront paperwork to fill out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we didn't think about it really for a second, yeah. which is amazing. It's hours of work and stress and it would be longer for us to do it, of course, than a professional, but that's one that, thing. Like two, two or 3,000. It was 3,000. 3,000. Yeah. yeah. But so you'll pay in, for it, but in my opinion, it was worth it for uh -huh. the space and the peace of mind. Yeah. Uh, personally. Um, Something that I would do differently, um, because, so it's like a, it's a double-edged sword. So because we paid somebody to do the paperwork for us, that made me a little bit ignorant to some of the specific rules and processes that are laid out in that paperwork, for not sure. saying that they don't give it to us, but I would have been a lot more intentional about reading every single kind of paragraph and every single little thing in yeah. the paperwork that they ended up yeah. doing for us. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Instead of just, oh, so cool. Let's, oh, the stamp is on it. We're good to go. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it, not like I didn't read any of it, but no, I did not but, read it to the yeah. extent that I should yeah. have. So do that. Yep. If you do pay somebody, if you're doing your own paperwork, you will know all those ins and out very well. But because I did not, um, well, you have to go back and read it now. Because if the, yeah, if you get questioned or something, yeah. you're going to have to go back. Oh, I and... did that last week. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Uh, she is a she is a boss lady. 
and I'm the worst administrator. <laughs> I'm a teacher, but I don't like that stuff. So thank you for doing that You're for us. It's my pleasure. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's jump in, people, to Bloom and Onion. Uh, just a couple minute segment here where we try to highlight something that's related to oh hungarian central european culture customs society today uh last last episode we talked about language today we're talking about we're talking around the idea of variety mm -hmm. so oftentimes people uh back home will ask us what do you miss the most about america besides your family friends all that stuff uh we miss variety for sure so I don't know, probably some of you were at Meyer this morning or Target. I don't know. Next time you're at Target or Meyer, just walk down the cereal aisle for us <laughs> and just stare at the shelves. You don't have to buy anything. Just just walk around. I literally, when I come home to the U.S., the last three times, the three times we've been home, one of the things I look forward to most is going to Meyer, getting a shopping cart that I don't have to do the Aldi order thing because all the shopping carts are hungry i gotta put that coin in there and bring our own bags and bring your own bags yeah they don't have plastic bags which is which is i think a good thing but it's you gotta build the new habit so you're walking please go to meyer for us anyways around and do this, what? what do you want them to do i'll just stare at the shelves and appreciate the just walk around the options that you have just look around smile it's amazing yeah or is it so that's the interesting thing about variety that we've learned is that in the U.S. we have way too many choices. Almost unlimited when you include online. If you disagree, let me have it. Send me a message. And I'm, then move to Hungary. I'm willing. <laughs> well, you don't have to move to Hungary, but you, it is a powerful experience as it relates to variety to go to a place where at the end of a 14-hour day, you just got done with hanging out with kids, serving people, teaching, blah, blah, blah. All these things that really drain you. You don't have time to eat and you just want to stop by and grab a cheesy gordita crunch <sighs> on the way home. But you can't. You can't because there's no variety. There's there's no Mexican food to choose there, from here. Yeah, where we there's live. Hungarian food, which takes up like 80% of the pie chart. And then they've got a McDonald's, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But not all the time. Better in the States. There's a Burger King that is not worth mentioning. Nope. There's a KFC, which is really not worth mentioning. It's even less, yeah. Um, And then there's a pizza, which is like, mm, just okay. Only medium worth mentioning, if that makes sense. It's so, very different from our pizza. So I don't want, I could go for a long time on this topic, as you guys can tell. We could. Uh, but it's actually really good for us to have this experience yeah. to learn how to live without all these options because too many options it really doesn't make things better no and being here has forced us to come to terms with the fact that we do things just for a quick 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 give me that now so i can move on to the next thing we do that way too often and we still haven't really learned the lesson we're still like even a year and a half in, we're still like fighting against this lack of variety. But I think when we have kids and go into the next couple decades of our lives, this is going to really pay off for us. I'm really excited actually to see how the change that kind of will take place when we're actually back in the U.S. 
Um, yeah. Because I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I so, think it'll change our appreciation and our gratitude. So, yeah, when, when you visit this part of the world, just prepare yourself because you're not going to get the same variety as you have back home. That goes from cereal to fast food and everything in between. So, all right. Well, that wraps up Bloom and Onion. Now on to our last 15 minutes. Story time with Cullen. And by 15 minutes, I mean probably more like nine. No, just do 15 minutes. Don't worry about it, babe. I don't want to keep the... What do you think, guys? You want 15 or you want you want me to kind of shrink it a little bit? I want 15, but... Sarah wants 15. Um, I think people, if people are listening and enjoy this, an extra five to 10 minutes won't go. Okay. They won't, they won't notice. It's okay. All right. People blink once, unless you're driving, blink once if you want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't see me. You can't hear me, but I and know also, you're there. And also, sorry future. guys, probably next, next time we won't just, we won't try to make it all about us keeping on time. Cause I think if people are listening to our stories, us shrinking it just for time might leave people wanting. I think that's just a Colin thing. Yeah. Because I'm enough. just a, I can be a control freak and I just put things in. <laughs> if you're a control freak, I am uh, very much a control freak. I don't know. Freak, but not when it comes to story time. So I don't know if start, it's helpful, but. We already. Uh, what would be helpful is probably if I just started my story time segment. <laughs> so um, I've gone back and forth on what I want to share. Uh, so I'm, I'm just pulling the last audible here. I'm not going to share what I wrote down. I'll maybe say that for next week. Hmm. But, um, last week we posted a, an update, which we do from time to time. And one of the things that a lot of people, uh, seemed to be most interested in was the fact that Sarah and I are in fact moving back to the U S at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So in December, just before Christmas, mid-December, we're planning to to move move back to the US permanently. That's going to be the end of the journey. And if you've been keeping up, it's not going to be a full three years. Mm -hmm. We'll come up a half a year short. So like you said, our original plan, we we said when we were trying to make this decision, we said between two and four years. So we when we committed, we said three years, which would exactly. put us summer of 2024 that was our original plan yeah for those of you who don't know and if we're being honest there there was never any like divine moment no. that led us to three to be honest with you two felt too short four felt too long yeah. <laughs> Pretty practical. So, uh you know what whatever um it is what it is that was the goal um and i just wanted to use my story time to share a little bit deeper of the ins and outs of of how we came to that decision and the reality is there is if we're being honest in our walk with god when we have big questions and we need some kind of assurance and clarity we have questions for him that we can't answer on our own there's always this waiting period yeah and for me one of the things I have to learn to get better at is not short-circuiting God's waiting period. I don't like waiting. I really just want to know what to do, and I want I want to do it. And listeners, please let us know if there are any of you out there who actually 
like waiting. We would love to meet you <laughs> and me and like recommend, ask you recommend give me your book. Many questions and how you deal with it. Send me the ingredients to your secret sauce. Or at the very least, don't hate it. We would still take advice from the people who don't hate waiting. Yeah. So anyway, continue. I, I imagine those that are I won't use the word old, but those that are wiser and up the road, <laughs> you probably are laughing at us right now because of us 20, 30 somethings where we're still struggling mightily with this whole we're patience like thing. Five year old impatient. Oh, impatient totally. People. So, anyways, basically, uh, last summer was a really difficult uh, and stressful season for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why exactly. It was a lot of different layers and things that collided. But that was when I began to really take seriously the things that I think I just jumped the gun on when we first moved. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the things that I just took for granted and maybe made too many emotional decisions or was excited, blah, blah, blah. Maybe trying to get away from certain things and... All of a sudden, we're here in Hungary. We've spent, you know, we're the first year. And then it kind of came down on me of what are we really doing here? Mm-hmm. And how, what is God really asking us to do? Because there's things that I think I'm supposed to be doing. There's answers that I've created in my own, um, in my own head. And then there's things that he is genuinely trying to, reveal to me if I would just slow down, hold the question before him, and then actually have the patience to wait him out. And um, that's what I've been trying to do since last August, last July, last August. Uh, It was right after we had come back from visiting the U.S. in June. That's been a very silent few months, and I... (laughs) didn't like that but we came uh, home for Christmas so that's you know half a year later so six months of just waiting and asking and it seemed like there was a thought that I had that really made sense Um, and something that Sarah and I have tried to do it was wisdom I think Scott our our pastor and, and East Lansing shared couple years ago with me that sometimes when you don't have an answer from God, instead of just sitting and waiting, make a decision Mm -hmm. and then hold your hands open and be ready if he steers you in another direction. And that was a really interesting new perspective for me when I first heard it. And that was very much how we we came to be in Hungary because mm-hmm. we were sorting through other other areas, other opportunities. And so the same thing kind of applies this past December where we still have, we have all these good things happening here. We have all these projects. We've got a coffee house. We've got a growing youth program. Um, we're doing things all over the country, really, working with, you know, Ukrainian relief and things. It's just, we've got our hands in so many different pots, but there's still this big question. What are we really doing here? We're serving gays on Ildico, but is this supposed to be this hard? Are we supposed to continue to 
grind. Just grind every week. What what is it? What's really happening here, God? And and how long do you really want us to be here? And I had this one thought that came across my mind and it was just, well, how about you just look at how much how much financial resources I provide for you and how about that that be your metric for now of how you plan this next season of your life. So we flew back from the U.S. We were able to fundraise for projects way above and beyond what we thought. The projects here, we got funding that just blew us away. However, our personal fundraising came up short. We did well. We got a lot of money, but it came up short for a year. It was a big it was a big ask. We did very well. Yeah, but we did come up quite short for that target of summer of 2024. Yep. And so we took a moment, made an agreement with God that, okay, we're going to trust that, that even if you're not giving us some totally obvious and clear direction here, that we have to do what we've done in the past that you've shown us you can work through. So we decide, all right, this right, we've got enough through the end of the year, and we're still almost there, yeah. but we feel like we can get through the end of the year, and that's an opportunity to get the coffee, cafe, cafe, coffee, cafe <laughs> off the ground, build into the business, and build the construct, get the construction project upstairs in the youth center done, and then... After that, we'll have a couple months to kind of phase and transition out. And so it seemed like this year is a perfect timeline for us. And so far, there's been no serious redirection. And there is so much more to say on this this topic. But I just wanted to take a moment because we put what we could in words. But there's a lot there and um if you have questions please message us yeah and advice advice too because this has been a really hard decision for us we've learned a lot over the past year and a half um we're still learning and growing a lot at the same time ultimately what's most important for us is to spend our lives doing serving god the best that we can and like I said last episode, just being honest when you don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, well, uh, you know, I had this idea this morning while I was eating cereal. I really feel like it's the whole... No, like, honesty for me, typically the big lesson for me is if I'm really being honest before God, then I'm, then I need to wait. If I get an idea, if I get a thought, if something strikes me as unique doesn't seem like i i thought that up okay there's a chance it's god well write it down and then hold it up before god and do it for a while don't just jump on it because that's something i'm i'm really bad at it's like the when you're crossing the street you know those voices that just go wait yeah exactly like we see that's a copper. Yeah. And that's, walk them, yeah. that's his, his Wait. ears actually perked up when I he knows had that, that command. Word. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. I hope that, that gives you guys a little more insight. But uh, so it's with great excitement that we're, we're moving home at the end of the year, but also 
uh, there's a lot there's a lot in there because yeah. you know what this has been an incredibly challenging year and a half but like we'll look back and know that it just changed us forever and so hopefully we can be different people when we move back and by different I hope that means we look a little bit more like Jesus when we come back to mid-Michigan and um, and then wherever we end up settling in the states like permanently we're not sure but um, we've got an exciting 10 and a half months ahead of us it's already getting into mid-February and we've got a lot going on so, and so yeah just as a tiny teaser for the next um, episode we will or at least I but I think we will probably go a little bit deeper into some of the challenges that we've faced here at least at least in my story time mm-hmm. that's my plan so yeah. uh just a little teaser for next yeah time. that's good because we're often saying oh well that was really hard or that was really challenging it's like yeah so okay we, guys yeah, like, what are you back, doing it's just everything just hard over there we want to peel back the onion if you will the blooming yeah, onion uh go. next week into some of those challenges that we're being kind of vague about so there you go so let's let's wrap um Guys, thank you again for taking some time to be with us, to listen to us, to just share life with us over this podcast. It's so fun. Please send us feedback, thoughts, and and any messages if you have a moment. Um, In two weeks, um, a big thing you guys can be praying for for us is we're actually going into Ukraine just across the border. Sarah is going to be working using her PA abilities to work with an international team We'll be there for a week. Um, so the last couple days of February into the first week of March. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's, I mean, thousands and thousands of Ukrainians have come across. There's a mountain range in uh, Western Ukraine. So just on the other side of the mountains near the Hungarian border, there's just huge, huge communities that have built up over the past year that need medical assistance. So I'm going to serve Sarah. Sarah's going to go and be a leader there. We're both going to be there for a week, so please pray for us. Definitely. We're not sure what that's going to be like, but we're just trying to do what we can, and Sarah's going to use her gifts and talents to try to take good care of people there who need a lot of help. So we wanted to let you know that, so please um, be praying for us. Um, we'll also continue to pray for you guys back home. This will be a continue to be a challenging week. We love you. Um, we're, we're here from afar um so yeah thanks for tuning in yeah thanks for supporting us guys uh for all the support and all the love Um, once again this is blooming abroad this is a podcast where we look deeper into the lives of cullen that's me and sarah that's me uh we are just two ordinary jesus followers trying to make a difference in central and eastern europe so thanks for listening and tune in for next time bye bye love you guys